All right. So as we dive in today, today we are going to talk about uh, what uh, the Bible has to say about work and yeah. working. Yeah. And let me let me talk about what brought this up. But, yeah. Uh, in fairness to the team, uh, you guys maybe didn't want to know this, but we we landed on this topic today. <laughs> and uh, if any of you have been out to eat recently or to a store, you might have noticed a lot of places are understaffed. And it was just really weighing on me and on my heart and my mind. And in praying, it just felt like the Lord said a good thing to talk about today would be what the Word has to say about work. And as you know, we've been moving more toward, in, um, in as part of our podcast, moving toward talking about from a counseling standpoint, if you were sitting in front of Tommy or myself or Callie and you you came and you wanted to know, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with work or I haven't been able to find work or I'm dissatisfied in my job. Or, or financial work. Right, yeah. right. COVID changed things, all of that. Uh, so not only are we going to talk a little bit today about what scripture says about work and the importance of work, but we're also going to talk about some of the psychological aspects of work or not working. Yeah, and, it, and it's important to know, too, that we all have spiritual gifts. We all have things that God has entrusted us with. And as the, the, the body of Christ coming together, we all have different roles to play. And in different parts of uh, being different parts of the body, we all have uh, different things we have to do to, to come together to make sure it's functioning correctly. Yeah, um, work is a huge proportion of our life. Um, you know, we probably spend more hours than doing that than maybe anything else. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully you get to spend a lot of time with your family and, and doing some hobbies and things. But as far as one activity that we do more than any other, our, our vocation, our work is probably that thing. Yeah. So, so what are, what are some of the things that, um, you know, I, I know we've all seen things in, uh, in our world today post, or I guess, yeah, probably I guess we're still in a pandemic, but uh, what what are some of the things that the trends that you're seeing? I, I know I know that uh, we've all seen trends, but what are some things that, that kind of really prompted you to? Uh, right. Well, uh, it was funny because our supervisor today, Rick, uh, was mentioning um, that if you were the guy that owned the rights to the help wanted signs, you would be really wealthy right now. I mean, across yeah. the board, especially in yeah. service industries, I think. For whatever reason, service industry has been hit the hardest because with when COVID hit, those places couldn't be in business. People either had to go on unemployment or find other mm -hmm. things. And so we, one of the places that are, are hit the hardest is uh, service industries. But uh, I went and bought a pair of shoes the other day, and I was told I wasn't going to buy them. I was just going to get some inserts, maybe buy them later. And it was at a local place here, and the guy came and he said, I'm not trying to push you to buy a pair of shoes, but I'm telling you, if you think you're going to need it, before six months to a year from now, buy it now. Mm -hmm. He said there are whole mm -hmm. warehouses empty. Yeah. So we're seeing it across the board. I looked up some stats. It says the current unemployment rate's right about 5.2%. That's not worldwide. That's national. That's the U.S. Uh, what we know is that those rates never count the people who have quit looking. The underemployed. Or that's whatever. right. Yeah. Underemployed, people that yeah. aren't looking, people that are no, no longer filing for unemployment. There are a lot of people that don't figure into that statistic. So the reality is, uh, and I'm not a stats guy and I'm not trying to be, I just want to tell you that 5.2% is a lot, and that's not covering everybody who's unemployed. Yeah. Well, and one thing is we were, we were talking, getting ready for today, we were just talking about, like you said, the – the sociological, psychological effects, and, and there's actually been studies uh, on unemployment uh, that were made uh, during the Great Depression in England and Europe and North America, and it's just yeah. 
it's it's staggering to see like how that affects how that impacts uh, our our mental health and how that impacts our our culture. Yeah, here's here's a list. And again, um, for those of you listening, I encourage you get online, look these things up for yourself. That's oftentimes what we do prior to uh, coming on the air. But a list of things that you can just about guarantee you can find with the unemployed individual are things like increased hostility, depression, anxiety, stress, anger, fear, despair, loneliness, social isolation, decreased self-esteem, um, low life satisfaction, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so we're not coming at you from a sort of a, a point in a finger or looking down. We're saying that God has designed us for work and he's designed us for work because it's for our good. So if if you wanna if you wanna play it like a country song in reverse, <laughs> if you take that list I just listed off and and say the opposite of all those things, that's what you get when you do work, and that's friendship, stability, uh, intellectual challenge, positive identity and self worth. You get um, uh, money to do things that you enjoy and to purchase things, and money to be. Gr- um, gracious with and to be, you know, I, I think about our current economy and no matter where, where you are politically, I don't think anybody can argue that we're worse off now than we were a year or two ago financially. And what we know when people are not doing as well financially is they tighten up their belt, meaning they're not giving away to charities as much. They're not helping their fellow man and their neighbor as much. M- maybe churches are seeing tithes go down. So when, when we work and when we do well, not only as individuals, but as a society, we can be much more generous. Um, there's just so many benefits to work. Yeah. Well, and, and one thing too, is that, you know, there have, there are situations where people are closing down. I mean, like there, there are businesses that don't exist anymore Mm. as a result, either they can't find the people to the, the, the right talent or the right number of people. And so, uh, for one reason or another, they can't, they can't make ends meet. And so even we're even seeing things too, that, uh, people are losing their jobs, <clears throat> excuse me, either due to uh, to restrictions or, or something else. And, and I think it's interesting. I, one thing I was looking at was the Baker Encyclopedia of Psychology and Counseling. And, and one person was talking about how uh, in those type of situations, they often see that it's, it's almost like a, a unique form of grief, almost kind of like denial. Like, you know, the plant won't really close, says here, the pink slip is a mistake. This is just temporary. They'll call me back soon. And then that progresses into you know, anger or shock, you know, how could they do this to me? You know, the five stages we see with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, you know. Absolutely. So. Lori, or Lori, I'm sorry, Callie. (laughs) Yeah, Callie, talk a little bit about maybe even just from a generational perspective, things you're hearing, friends, you know, you've got, you're you're in college, you got friends in college, maybe some just getting out, wanting to go into the workforce. Maybe you can just talk about work from that perspective. I think a lot of people my age like have always been like, I need a job. And I think, I don't know if that's just the people I hang around with, but I think I've always been more of like, I want to make my own money. I want to buy my things that I want to do. I want to go on trips. I want to do all that stuff. And I think a lot of the people that I hang around are also like that. Like they want to be self-sustaining. They want to have their own job. They want to have their own income. And so I think I almost feel bad for the people in high school that like want their first job or they like can't even get their first job Mm -hmm. or, you know, people who have been in companies for a long time that have had to be laid off that have had a job for several decades. Um, And that's just, 
I can't imagine being at a company for, you know, 20, 30 years and then being laid off because of just everything that's happened with COVID. And, yeah, um, yeah. Well, it's, I don't know if, if either of you, Tommy or Callie, have experienced this or thought this, but one of my sort of mental struggles right now is I see all these businesses looking for workers, and I know there are all these people out of work, and I'm not understanding exactly why they're not getting together. In yeah. other words, mm -hmm. if you're low on people, and you know, some of the things that I, I came across as I was um, reading on this subject today was just that there have been a lot of, um, you know, people are getting more enhanced unemployment benefits. So not only more money, but just for longer. And then why am I going to go to work if I'm going to make a dollar more an hour than what I'm making on unemployment? So mm -hmm. some of that's incentive. Mm -hmm. um, uncertainty around child care, um, both because of COVID and the cost, et cetera. Uh, and then there's COVID itself and COVID concerns. So there's a lot of things going into it. Our, our culture's different now. Kids are living at home longer. Their parents, therefore, are paying for a lot of the necessities for longer. Um, but I wanted to read at least a few scriptures and have some discussion around that because um, th the Word has a lot of very strong things to say about working and what God thinks about work. And one of them is 2 Thessalonians 3.10. It says, Even while we were with you, we gave you this command, those unwilling to work will not get to eat. I, that's huge to me. And now remember, this is the this is the same word and the same Lord that tells us to care for orphans and widows. Yep. Mm -hmm. So this is not about cruelty. This is not about um, not taking care of people who are disabled for some reason. So I don't want anybody to hear this podcast and think that we are we are we're against the the marginalized and the folks that can't fend for themselves. Quite the opposite. But in order to fend for those people well and to take care of them, then the able-bodied people of our society, especially Christians, we're commanded to work. Yep. We're, we're commanded. Um, look look at this one from 1 Timothy 5.8. He says, but those who won't care for their relatives, this is, this is huge, but those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Mm. Wow not working, not supporting your family. And it didn't say just your immediate family. It's saying, it says, especially in your household, but it's talking about people outside your household. If you're not helping and fending for people in your family, you're worse than an unbeliever. Yeah. Well, and one thing I think about too is, I mean, I, I people are probably hear, tired of hearing me talk about Mark 12, but I, I love Mark 12. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so, when you think about that, it's like diving into God's word, reading God's word, you know, soaking in God's word. And one of the, one of the passages I, I've got here is uh, Colossians three twenty three. Yep. yep. Uh, whatever you do, so it means like even if you do, you know, it's like, you know, at minimum, <laughs> work heartily. So that so that's the action that that's the thing you need to do. And how do you do that? Um, as for the Lord, not for men. So you're not doing it for your gain or someone else's, but you're you're doing it. At, you know, at least primarily uh, to serve the Lord. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot that comes. We I mentioned self-esteem and self-worth value. You know, from a counseling standpoint, there's a lot that comes with knowing that you can be self-supporting. Um, oh, yeah. Look, look at it this way. You're, you're, you're able to be more free and autonomous when you're not dependent upon somebody mm -hmm. else. Um, I even have started encouraging couples, you know, I think it's great when one parent can stay home 
Uh, certainly, I'm I'm never against that. But I think even the even the parents staying at home, and I say parent because more and more men, you know, men and women go well. You you know, if the woman is making more money, often now the man will stay home. Uh, I don't have an opinion about that other than to just say when there is a parent staying home, a spouse staying home. I encourage that person to at least know that they could be Mm self-supporting. So they've either have worked in the past or they get a part-time job to be used to working, but it actually frees them to be more loving of their spouse because they know they're not dependent upon that person. It creates, Mm -hmm. it creates more room for love because there's more freedom. So I think no matter what your situation is, Working or knowing you can work, knowing you can get work, knowing you can be self-supporting and autonomous. There's a great story that came out of Alcoholics Anonymous. And those of you who have listened to this before, we talk a lot about recovery on here. We have Celebrate Recovery and Care Night. There's a great story about a guy that really had hit rock bottom in his addiction, but he was getting sober. And the story goes that he was literally living in an abandoned car behind a church that was hosting the meetings. And he got a mentor that they call a sponsor. And his sponsor said, one of the first things you need to do is get a job. Well, one of the last things that had happened to this guy before he got sober is he had been arrested. And while in jail, he had actually gotten his teeth kicked out. He was missing Mm. teeth. And so he said to his sponsor, who was kind of a rough old dude, he said, but I look terrible. I can't get a job. And the sponsor said, well, then get a terrible job. (laughs) <laughs> and and the reality is that you know and uh, I remember a line from a movie and you know the 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 person says well so and so has been out of work for six or seven years and and the other person says well he was holding out for a management position you know sometimes it's not our our ability or inability to work it's it's will we humble ourselves are we willing to do what we can and I think that's to Tommy's point about what's our skill set what are our gifts what you know. Uh, I tell my kids all the time, don't look down on the garbage man. Aren't you glad somebody comes by and picks up our trash? And I don't know if I could even do that job physically. That's a physical job. It's a difficult job. It's a stinky job. And thank goodness someone does that job. And I think so often we, we, we look down on certain vocations, but it literally takes everything everybody does to make the world go round. And, and there are no unimportant jobs. And God has fitted different people to do different things. And so no matter what, what you do, um, I, I think some of the hardest jobs in the world are jobs that are often looked down on. I think working at McDonald's is one of the hardest jobs anybody could have. I've mm-hmm. worked fast food before. Mm-hmm. It's stressful. It's low pay. Oftentimes it's long hours on your feet. You've got to be a customer service person, but you've got to be able to scrub floors and flip burgers and do it. So, you know, we often take those folks for granted. And I just want to encourage if you're listening to this, say thank you to people. Mm-hmm. Say thank you to the people that do the jobs that we often take for granted yep. and allow them to have some pride in what they do and, you know, and encourage them. Because, again, I'm really glad I can roll through a drive through. I'm really mm-hmm. glad I have that ability and that opportunity. And I only do because somebody's doing that job. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting, too, even when we look in, at Genesis before the fall, because uh, work is not a result of the fall. Now, it's tougher because of the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like in Genesis 1, he says, uh, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So we're, we're seeing that God is making men, humankind, uh, like God, or, or uh, not like God, but but in God's image. Mm-hmm. And then 
And it says, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps the earth. And and actually, just a couple of verses later, we see uh, another repetition of that. So, so we are made in God's image, and we are to have leadership over these things. And we can't be leading these things unless we're actually That's out good. there in the workplace. So. That's good. You know, I think, and I can I'll say this for myself. Growing up, I I was. I, I was a lazy kid. I'll just say that. I was a lazy kid. That often, makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought work was a four-letter word. Um, and what I've realized, is there's a lot of value in having good mentors and people around you. I uh, feel so fortunate to be a Christian, to have people speaking into my life and helping me figure out. Because ever since I've started doing what I love, it doesn't feel like work anymore. And so there's a lot to figuring out. Again, back to what Tommy said, what are, what are you gifted for? What is God putting on your heart? What's the calling on your life? When you start answering those questions and going in those directions, a lot of times work does become a labor of love, mm-hmm. and, it, and it becomes something that we can easily do unto the Lord. Yep. Um, and, and we are to do all of our work unto the Lord. We're not working for man. We're working mm-hmm. for God. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about... Uh, uh, title or authority or how much a job pays you that's right you know it, it, it's about what god has called you to do mm-hmm. and um you know on that on that topic of laziness i went back to the baker encyclopedia uh that I just talked about and it, it described laziness as a, a general lack of motivation especially for work and other tasks that are necessary though not intrinsically pleasant and so you know what when when someone's saying that they're that they're that they're not wanting to work um you know my question is, what what's the drive behind that? You know, is it um, is one person in, in your in your in your household, one person in your family, are they extremely wealthy and and you have children, and one person's taking care of the children right now, but then there's going to be an intention to come back to work. You know, that that's one discussion. Or if it's just like, yeah, I'm just, I don't think it's it's important for me to work, and it's like uh, we need to unpack that a little bit. Yeah, it, um, from a recovery standpoint, again. You know, there's a lot of danger, and of course, Scripture says this too about idle hands and not having idle hands. Uh, I think Tommy's point about why are you not wanting to work? Is it because you want to have fun all the time? Is it because you uh, don't think you're an exception to the rule and you shouldn't have to work? And all these things are heart issues. And I think from that counseling standpoint, from that idea that that is exactly what we would address is it's it's not in for me it's not directly about whether you're working or not it's the heart behind yep. why yeah um and and if you're in relationship with jesus it's hard for me to believe that he wouldn't have some work for you and when i say work mm-hmm. i'm not even necessarily mean the exchange of money let's say you're independently wealthy good for you <laughs> i wouldn't mm-hmm. mind being in your position i've got a good friend who uh, did two jobs where he got two pensions and now he's a pastor and doesn't get paid because mm-hmm. he doesn't need to be paid I'm not talking about the exchange of money. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that Jesus has work on this earth for you to do, and even more importantly, that probably only you can do, mm-hmm. to, to, to re- only reach the people around you in a way that I couldn't do, nobody else could do. This is really important stuff. This is good mm-hmm. stuff. And so don't hear me saying, oh, I want you to, I'm wanting you to labor for minimum wage. If that's the case, then maybe you need to do that. But I'm saying... What's more important is, why would you want to sit around? That's That sounds self-serving. And we're not here to serve self. We're here to serve other people. And we think, we 
Satan is so good at lies and tricking us and convincing us. And what he convinces most people is that if they could live every day for themselves and spend it at the beach and do whatever they wanted, that somehow they would ultimately be happy. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that God made us and knows us better than we know ourselves. And what he tells us is, no, you're going to be happier if you're living to serve others and you're doing labor and you're doing that labor unto me that you will be fulfilled, you will be happy, you will be more feel more free than you've ever felt. And so we always find these paradoxes in Scripture, and we think just the opposite. If I, if I call the shots, if I get my own time to do whatever I want, if I just get to please myself and don't have to worry about anybody else, I'm just going to be so happy. And over mm -hmm. and over and over again, the world tries to do things by that philosophy and finds itself empty, and unhappy and yeah. unfulfilled. You know, when I think about, you know, uh, Jesus saying, follow me to his disciples, you know, like one of the ways that we can follow, uh, you know, I, I want to pick on husbands. I mean, I'm a husband, uh, you know, Tom's husband, <laughs> but it says here, you know, Ephesians 5, 25, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So that that's, that's the first part of that thought. It's not even a complete sentence. It's just the first chunk of that thought. But husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And it's like, you think about what Christ did, the the, the death that he had on the cross. Right, the, the level of sacrifice. Like, like, like going and sacrificing for your wives. So, yeah, I got it. You know, we can talk all day about the word submit in 522, and it, but it's like, I would argue that this idea of giving yourself up, you know, as Christ did, is a little stronger than the word submit. And, you know, he's saying, like, do that as Christ did. And Christ went to the cross and died. So yeah. There's mm -hmm. no no greater love than laying down your life. Right? Yeah, amen. And, and laying down your life can mean literally putting your life on the line. We've we've talked about veterans and, yeah. you know, and, and in that aspect, you're literally putting your physical being on the line. But mm -hmm. there's laying down your life in service as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. And and that form of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. um, but I you know, Tommy, when you're talking about what does the scripture say is, is, is happiness, I think I think words that get conflated that aren't the same are joy and yep. happiness. Yeah, amen. Joy yeah. is a fruit of the spirit. Joy is all over the scripture. Paul had joy chained to a Roman soldier, knowing that death was probably awaiting him. Mm -hmm. Joy, joy, joy. We can have joy in any circumstance. You can you can certainly have joy in the middle of labor and work. And sometimes those can be the most joyful times in your life. So, no, we're not always going to be happy. We may not totally like what we're doing for work as far as the particular particular uh, aspects of the work, but we can still have joy and be joyful and kind of back to that idea again of doing it unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. and, and as we're coming back around and we're going to be wrapping up, I just want to say that the whole point of talking about this today is that our our, our country, I don't know about the world, I'll just say our country, is going in a strange direction in regards to work. And um, there, there, like Tommy said, there are businesses suffering, there are, there are goods and services that we can no longer get or we're waiting longer and longer for, and that's not the end of the world, but it means there's a whole lot of people out there not being fulfilled, not fulfilling their purpose, not answering their calling, mm -hmm. and wondering why they're depressed, why they're anxious, why they're hurting. Mm -hmm. And so I want to, yeah. And I want to encourage yeah. people that, that you may not believe, believe it, but believe it. Work is the answer. Mm -hmm. work, work is the answer. Yeah. 
Can I ask you all a question really quick? Yeah, like absolutely. A, okay. Um, I have a lot of friends and even people that I'm friends with that don't believe in God or have a relationship with God, and they struggle with finding their purpose. So, like, what would be an encouragement that you all would have for someone who's struggling to find their purpose? It's listening. Okay, so I have a I have a, a question to ask back before sure. we answer yeah. that. How open are those individuals to having spiritual conversations about God, about their spirituality, et cetera? I think some are more open than others. I think the ones that aren't as open are just, um, yeah. Some Tom, of them may not be super open. Tommy, you want to take that one first? Yeah, so for me, like, you know, it again, knowing that our, our purpose, you know, like when people say, like, what's the purpose of life? And our purpose of our life is to bring glory to God. You know, our mm-hmm. purpose of life is to... Is, is to spread the gospel and to spread the good news. I mean, like, you know, like... That, and to grow in our christ Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Become more like Christ, yeah. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, to become more like Christ. Um, sorry, I should have thought <laughs> of that. Uh, anyways, uh, so that is our ultimate price, or price. So that is our ultimate purpose. Um, now, how that purpose plays out, like specifically, uh, that looks different for every single person. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I normally tell people is, uh, when they're trying to figure out, like, what has God called me to do? Well, there, there, there's a few things. Uh, there's three things I think about. One is, uh, what spiritual gifts do you have? Like, not 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 our, not one of the spiritual gifts that you think you have. What are the spiritual gifts you have? And so you match those up with, what passions do you, has God put on your heart? So I really like doing these things. These are the gifts I have. And where those things collide, then then that's your starting point. Now, the other thing, too, is there's season of life because there might be seasons where, you know, you, you want to speak into, uh, let's say, parenting, but maybe you're, you know, you're, you're, you're 18, you, you're not a parent. Well, you know, that, that, that's great. Maybe you're called to do that. So, so do some research, you know, find a spouse, get married, have children, and then come back and circle and speak into that. But I think Callie's main point with the, is that these are unbelievers. Oh, they're unbelievers. And, 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 oh, 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 my and, bad. And okay. so yeah. I, I think for me, an obvious answer to your mm-hmm. question is that that's, a, that's an opening to have yeah. the God conversation, to have a spiritual conversation. Mm-hmm. Because you could just say, for me, I couldn't find my purpose or wouldn't be able to find my purpose without knowing God. So, yeah. that, so that's maybe an obvious. But let's say the person is a little antagonistic and really doesn't want to have that spiritual conversation, then I might say something like this. They're still going to understand the idea of your, your purpose is not, is not your God, right? In other words, so, mm-hmm. so a lot of times what we see is people who become workaholics made an idol out of their work. Yeah. So people that don't understand that God gives you your purpose and your calling, but God's your God, and that's, that comes out of it, are in danger of making their purpose, quote unquote, really an addiction, really an idol, really mm-hmm. something to be worshipped. And so I, in that conversation, what I would tell people is this, you're not going to know your purpose, you're not going to know what you are designed to do until you know yourself well. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, and I think knowing yourself well has to do with what you know about God, what you think about God. In, in other words, it's still it's a more subtle way to get back to that conversation. But the reality is, I don't think you can answer that question without yeah. without knowing your relationship to God. Mm-hmm. 
because it's going to have everything's going to be out of whack. In other words, they're going to continue to look and look and look and look to no avail because they're trying to get satisfaction out yeah. of their job instead of being satisfied in God and having God point them to a job. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. Well, and, and I, I wonder too, if, if this is part of it, um, you know, there was a movie I saw a long time ago uh, where this, this guy, his dad was a doctor and uh, this guy went to, to college for three years and, uh, and, and quit. And they, they asked me, said, why'd you quit? And he goes, I'm going into the family business. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> You know, it, there, there, there's a lot of people out there who have worked really, 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 really hard to get where they are. It's not just people who have inherited, you know, companies or other things like that. Most of the people who are millionaires uh, started with less than like, I think they said like $100,000. I mean, it's like, it's these are people who, you know, did not come from uh, ultra wealthy families. Mm -hmm. So I don't know the specifics of the amounts of money, et cetera, but... Uh, many of you may be familiar with the company uh, Jimmy John's, and the story goes about his life, and, and, and he's from just down the road from where I grew up. And uh, he was in college and didn't enjoy it and wasn't doing well, and his dad was paying for his college, and his dad came to him and said, look, I will give you this much money, which will probably get you through one more semester, or I'll give you the same amount of cash in your hand to start a business. And Jimmy John literally bought a, a, a meat slicer, and uh, started making sandwiches, <laughs> kind of gross, out of his garage and delivering them on his bike. Really? And now he's a multimillionaire. Yeah. And, and that is, and, and so he used this, I think it was a couple grand. And from that, he's, he's become a multimillionaire. That and is so awesome. I share that story just to say that different strokes for different folks, not, yeah. you know, Tommy kind of o opened us that way in a little bit saying, hey, everybody's called to something different. And it may not be college. Maybe you love to work with your hands and you're going to be a carpenter or an electrician. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you're going to paint for a living. Maybe you're going to be a college professor. Hey, even a pastor. But, you know, <laughs> but I think, and Callie really brought it up, and it's a great way to end in this, is to really just say it starts with a close relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. starts with your walk with the Lord who made you and knows you better than you know yourself who will introduce you to yourself and help point you in the direction you need to go. Yep. Well, as we wrap up, do you mind praying us out, Tom? I would love to. I would love to. Heavenly Father, um, we are grateful um, for work. We're grateful that we have um, important things to do to support one another, to um, have a place to share um, uh, a social life, to share your love, to be uh, hopefully a witness to who we are in you. Um, and Lord, uh, you gave us talents, and we are so fulfilled when we are using those talents. And so, Lord, I pray for everybody listening that um, whether it's through a hobby, uh, a volunteer position, or their paying job, that they have a place that they get to walk out the way you've made them to use those talents, to use those spiritual gifts. Lord, I pray for the people that maybe have look, been looking really hard and have not been able to find a job. Lord, just help them to find employment and a place to, to, um, to have purpose and a place where they can be driven and use that drive. And Lord, I pray for those who maybe have lost hope or don't believe that work is for them or um, uh, just have quit looking. Lord, that they would continue to look, and again, that they would find a place to f for fulfillment. And lastly, Lord, I want to pray for those businesses that are struggling, 
who maybe might be on the brink for lack of employees, that you would just lead people there, that they would um, find the employees that they need, that it would be a good fit, that they would be successful. Um, and Lord, thank you so much for your word and for your love and for how you've made us. Thank you for the opportunity to have this podcast and may it bless the people that have heard it and who will hear it and who are sharing it with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, don't forget, you can catch this episode or others on Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Music. You can also go to mindorsha.com slash care for additional resources. Love you guys, and we'll catch you next week.